you're listening to season three of the Achieve With Me podcast. I am your host, Rachel Gilfrin, and I'll be spending the next few minutes chatting to you about what achieving, winning, and success mean to you. As a confidence and career coach, I am a huge believer that success is strongly linked to having a positive mindset. My mission is to empower ambitious women like you to gain the confidence to smash your goals and keep progressing in your career. In this series, I will be sharing some really valuable tips and techniques to help you get ahead in your career. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Achieve With Me. Now, as you may have remembered from our last episode, I let you know that we were going to be having some really exciting guests on the podcasts, and I am so excited to introduce you to Jacqueline Gallo. Jacqueline is a life coach, motivational speaker, and best-selling author of two books. She is super passionate about helping women to live their dream lives and stop settling for mediocrity. Jacqueline has her own podcast as well, which is called Spark Your Light, and I definitely recommend tuning into that one. I can say all this from a completely genuine place because Jacqueline coached me privately earlier this year, and so I have actually worked with her myself. Jacqueline, welcome to Achieve With Me. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so grateful and excited to be here. You are so welcome. Thanks for coming on. So I know that one of the specialist areas that you focus on, Jacqueline, is all about coming from a place of a positive mindset. And as you know, that's something that I definitely align with. One of the things that I like to talk to my audience about is basing a lot of their actions off the back of this positive mindset. And I'm so, so curious to get your perspective of how we can really help them to continue to incorporate that into their daily lives. So before we get into all that, please could you share a bit of background about how you got to where you are today in your business? Yeah. So I started my business when I was 21 in college. I did an internship in marketing. I thought it was my dream job. And I realized about midway through that internship that I wanted more. I desired more. I didn't really know what more meant. So I just trusted my intuition to take the next step. And at that time, the next step was start a business, come up with an idea. Unlike a lot of people who have this profound idea and think this needs to be a business, my story is kind of opposite. I knew I needed a business, but I didn't really have any good ideas. So I would journal business ideas in a notebook for about a month. And then I decided I was just going to pick one. And my first idea was a product. It failed. It was a beautiful period of lots of lessons And I say that the first failure was the easiest to pick myself back up from because I was still in college. I sort of felt like it was a place to fail and I had only failed once. So I'm like, okay, most people who are successful fail. I got this. I'm going to pick myself back up. So I kept going and my next idea was an app and the app also failed. And this is where I felt really stuck because I had now failed twice. At this time, I was a few years out of college, living at home with my parents 
having a business that has lost money for, I think at this point, three tax years, I think in the US after so many years, they count your business as a hobby because you can't keep writing off all of the expenses. So I was getting to that point where that was becoming a possibility. I was just feeling like a total failure. And this is when I really leaned into personal development and where a lot of my passion for mindset developed because I was in a place where nothing was really working for me. But it was also a place where everything changed because I decided to keep going. I leaned into my courage and I believe that that was a result of my self-belief. This is what my TEDx talk is about. So I created a little equation for building courage because when I look back on that moment where two failures, it felt like nothing was working. I didn't really have any evidence to prove that I was going to be successful. Why did I keep going? Whereas other people quit here. So the courage equation is courage equals belief greater than fear. Because when I read my old journal entries, I found that while I had a ton of negative feelings, defeat, just really swallowed and feeling like a victim, feeling rejected, feeling not enough, Every few sentences, there was a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of self-belief, a sentence like, but I know I can do this. I don't want to give up on myself because I know where I'm going. And leaning into that self-belief really created everything for me. So I leaned into the self-belief. I decided to keep going, which was simply take the next step. And then again, the next step. And then again, the next step, which that's the journey that it always is. And we make it super complicated, but it's really not. And that led to realizing that I was actually quite good at speaking and it's something that I wanted to pursue more seriously. And this was when I sort of experienced the first bit of what I would call overnight success. And what that means to me is like a quick boost of something working really well after significant periods of time of things not working. I don't think anything really is. You try it one time and boom, it's overnight success. I think (laughs) overnight successes come from years and years of work. So my business really started to take off. I booked myself on a speaking tour. I started coaching and that was back in 2019 and the rest is sort of history. Wow, what a fantastic story. And I know that obviously your TED talk as well is definitely something that my listeners should tune into because one of the things that you said just then, which reminded me of that was, you know, taking the next step and taking the next step. And I know that's something that you talk so much about in the TED Talk and, you know, continuing going, even though you don't know what direction that is as a final sort of destination, you're just trusting that next step. And I think that that's so, so important. So that's a great story. And it's great to hear as well that, you know, it wasn't always what you thought it'd be. So, you use the word failed, but you know, the first couple of business ideas that didn't necessarily work out drove you towards what your purpose actually was. So they were actually a gift in a way. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, having that positive mindset within us allows us to naturally look at things as a gift rather than a negative thing. But it takes a bit of practice. I think you'll agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So in terms of going back to kind of how this positive mindset has fueled you forward, what does having a positive mindset really mean to you as an individual? I love that you start with this question because I think a lot of people have a lot of negative connotations about thinking positive, especially if they've experienced really difficult times in their life. They 
think that having a positive mindset means pretending that hard things aren't hard. They think it means putting your head in the clouds and just ignoring the circumstances that they're in. That's not what positive mindset means to me. Positive mindset, the first step is accepting what is. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's looking at the circumstances you're in from a new lens that is going to support you in getting what you want. So if you've just experienced a failure or a rejection and you've worked really hard for something and you're frustrated, you're angry, maybe you even feel mistreated, instead of getting stuck in all of those negative thoughts, which create negative feelings in your body, which literally cause you to relive that experience, that rejection, that time you didn't get the promotion or raise over and over and over again. Mm. And then the feelings create more thoughts and it's this cycle. Instead of that, we can break that cycle and choose to think thoughts and feel feelings, which is the inevitable byproduct of thinking thoughts that support you in moving towards your goals that support you in putting yourself on the path towards the life that you want. So just ask yourself, is thinking thoughts like, this is really terrible, this person doesn't know me, you know, I deserve that promotion, right? all of these negative thoughts or whatever it is that's coming up for you, are those getting you closer to what you really want? Probably not, right? It doesn't mean brush them under the rug. Feel them, allow them. That's the first step. I said the first step is accepting what is. So welcome them, process them, feel sorry for yourself, meditate, breathe through it, journal it out, go exercise, do something like boxing or something to really release that energy. Let yourself feel it, let yourself release it. And then ask yourself, how can I see this differently? How can I reframe this circumstance to see it as something that's going to support me in getting what I want. Because why would I want anything else? Like, why would I choose thoughts that hold me back from what I want in life? And you might be thinking, well, Jacqueline, do our thoughts really matter that much? Yes. Thoughts create feelings. Feelings create actions. Actions create circumstances. The actions that you take on a daily basis in your life, in your career, create the life you have, and they all go back to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So they really do matter. So instead of stewing in those negative thoughts, you can choose to create a new story. So for example, if you were denied a promotion and you're feeling really angry about it, maybe you can see this as a redirection. You know, I really didn't even want that promotion. I wanted it, sure, because it was going to be a raise. It was going to look good on my resume, but it's not my dream job. It's not my passion. What I actually want to be doing is I actually want to be over here in this department. And that's really where I see myself. But I saw that promotion as a stepping stone. But what if I could just skip the stepping stone? What if God, universe, whatever you believe is redirecting you towards where you're meant to be? And what if you get to be where you want to be faster by not taking this step? What if this is actually the best thing that could have happened? In Mm -hmm. fact, what if there's a promotion open on that other team that you really want to be on? And what if that's the job you're going to land? And when you start thinking like that, 
you start feeling open to possibility, you then make different decisions because now you are researching, are there any positions open? You are scheduling a meeting on the calendar of a manager in that department to talk about how you see yourself being on their team someday soon and what can you do to position yourself as a great candidate? Now you're thinking different thoughts, you're feeling different feelings, you're taking different actions and you're creating better circumstances that are in alignment with your goals because you saw that situation differently. And there's always a way to see it differently. And seeing it differently doesn't mean that you're ignoring it or pretending it didn't happen. It just means you're looking at it from a different lens. It's like we have different colored glasses and you know the rose-colored glasses, you're putting them on, right? Instead of these dark ones that make the world so dark that you can barely see, right? <laughs> that's what it means to me. Yeah, that's such a fantastic definition. And one thing that I love that you talked about was about looking at alternative outcomes from the situation. And one of the things that I always talk to my clients about and also have mentioned on the podcast is all about how your career path doesn't have to be linear. So people often think, oh, well, the next stage for me is, you know, my boss's job. When actually there's another department that they might not even ever considered before that's perfect for them. So I love that you use that example. Um, I think as well, when you're looking at how to create more opportunities moving forward, you have to have that shift in your thoughts to see the opportunities. Because like you say, that action only comes from the feelings that you have, which is a result of the thoughts. So working it backwards, it has to happen in that order. So I absolutely love that. So thank you for going into so much detail there. So if you think about a lot of the listeners for this podcast are women who maybe sort of lack confidence a little bit. They know they want to progress in their career, but they sometimes feel like there's something holding them back a little bit, um, which is definitely something that I've resonated with from my past career. So if you think about how having a positive outlook, even when you're kind of not sure where the next step to take, how can you recommend that some of our listeners incorporate some of these positive traits into their day-to-day without being a bit too full-on? Because I'm just going to say it, Sometimes a lot of British people think that positivity is really annoying. <laughs> and it's something that like a lot of people kind of look at me like I'm a lunatic sometimes. Um, we have this kind of British stiff upper lip um, thing going on, which, you know, I feel is old fashioned. So, so to go back to my original question, how do you think people can have this positive outlook and this positive mindset towards things, even if they don't know the direction that they want to go on? Such a good question. And the cultural thing is very interesting to me. There's a book called The Energy Bus. Have you ever heard of it? I've not. No, I'm going to write that down. There. You know, I love a good book. It's actually about positive mindset in a corporate setting. And I think it would be really interesting for you and any listeners who want to bring more positivity specifically to the workplace to read. I really enjoyed it. But the thing I will say is I believe that positive mindset is internal. So we don't need everyone in the room to think the things we think, feel the things we feel. And I've learned this really deeply, even in my closest relationships, even with my husband, sometimes he doesn't see things the way that I see them. I don't need him to, because 
my thoughts create my feelings and my actions. No one can take actions for me and nobody can feel the feelings I feel. Even if they tell me, Jacqueline, you're overreacting to this thing or Jacqueline, you're being too sensitive. Those are feelings that I'm feeling because of my thoughts. And what someone else says isn't going to make me feel any differently. I need to change my thoughts, right? And so I want you to think of positive mindset and just your relationship with your thoughts as an internal thing, not an external thing. Inevitably, it becomes external when your actions are different. Your actions are going to be more confident. Your actions are going to be more aligned for you. And people are going to notice because you're going to have different circumstances. So all of a sudden, when you're getting these promotions or the perfect opportunity lands in your lap, people around you, especially people who respect you and admire you, might ask you, hey, how did you get that promotion? Or what have you changed in your life? Because I've noticed that recently things are really working out for you and I'd like them to work out for me. That's when, if you're open to it, you can have a conversation about mindset with them, but never does it need to be in someone else's face. Mm. And when you feel it does, usually that's coming from a place of a limiting belief because when you need to prove something to someone else, it's because you don't feel enough within. And one of my favorite examples of this, I don't remember if we talked about this in coaching, Rachel, but I, I tell this story a lot is when I went to Jack Canfield's uh, conference a few years back, he brought a woman on stage and he asked her, what color hair do you have? She said, brown hair. It was very obvious. No one in the audience would have disagreed that she had brown hair. Everyone agreed, nodded their heads. Cool. Where's this going? We were thinking. And then he says, how would you feel if I said you had green hair? And she said, I would just feel like you're really crazy. And it's not true. (laughs) And he said, would you feel the need to defend yourself? And she said, no, I don't really care if you think I have green hair. My hair is obviously brown. We're like, great. So then he says, are you a mom? And she says, yes. And he said, are you a good mom? And she says, yes. And he says, how would you feel if I said you were a bad mom? She said, I would feel offended. Mm. He said, would you defend yourself? She said, yes. He said, that's because there's a part of you that believes it's true. Because otherwise, just like the brown hair, you wouldn't feel the need to even have a conversation with me about it. So whenever we feel triggered by something, whenever we feel like we need to push our beliefs on others, it's usually because there's a part of ourselves that we're still trying to convince of that belief. So if you feel that way with mindset, it probably just means you're still getting yourself behind the power of thoughts and positive mindset. And that's okay. When you feel that way, instead of pushing your beliefs on others and promoting toxic positivity, as people call it, I encourage you to turn inwards and remind yourself that this is your work to do, not anyone else's. And this is an opportunity for you to remind yourself of the growth opportunities that are in front of you. Does that help paint the picture of how it's less about what other people think and less about putting your thoughts on others, especially in a culture where that's not accepted and more about your internal relationship? Yeah, 100%. What a great story. And I definitely think that that will help a lot of the women listening who are thinking, I don't want to come across as something I'm not or come across in a way that, you know, 
I feel uncomfortable to because it isn't about that. It's about, you know, the way that they think and, and the way that they choose to think. And I know as well, you know, from what you were saying when you were describing the thing with the hair and, and then the, being a mother, I know that sometimes you, or, or we all rather, will witness situations where people are not very nice to us or maybe a little bit offensive or abrupt. And sometimes it comes out of nowhere. And you think, wow, what's wrong with them today? And, you know, usually you can either choose to be offended by it or you can think, I actually identify that they're a little bit insecure about something today. I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not going to push what it is, but I'm simply not going to take offense by their behavior. And I think that reminded me so much of that because when I started to see the world through that lens of understanding that people's bad behavior was often as a result of how they were feeling rather than something that I had done or impacted on them, I just felt so at ease with everything because I realized, you know, the only thing I can control is my attitude towards things, not anybody else's attitude towards anything else. And um, And I think that's a really comforting thought. But when we go back to kind of workplace relationships, I suppose, um, there's been situations where people might not say anything or do anything, but quite often you can kind of feel a little bit of energy from them. And the negative energy feels very strong, but as does the positive energy. And you can never really put your finger on whether they've said something, whether it's a kind of expression on their face. So how do you feel about that? And do you yourself recognize kind of negative and positive energy in people? Yes, of course. Energy is always circulating. It's impossible not to feel. And it's attractive. This is how the law of attraction works, right? So when someone has a positive energetic vibration that they're putting out. People want to be around them. People want to promote them. People want to work on their teams. People want to pay them, give them a raise. People want to take work off their plate. I find that the more that I'm in my own power, the more magnetic I am for anything that involves other humans, right? And sometimes People don't even know why they want to do the thing they want to do. Like I've had many people hire me and say, it's not something specific. It's just, I want to be in this energy. Yeah. And I'm like, of course, that's how it works. Right. And so I encourage you to tap into your own power. And again, it's not this, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. It's, it's not like you're vomiting positive energy on everyone <laughs> in the room and it's disgusting because that would actually be a turnoff, right? It's again, that internal, my power's inside of me. I'm confident. I choose thoughts that bring me closer to the things I want. That's what it is. When you have that, people will move. Mountains will move. Things will work out for you. It's impossible for it not to, because that's just how energy works. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with someone who has the opposite of that, maybe they feel like a victim, maybe they're really frustrated. And like Rachel said, maybe they're going through some tough times. They always try to say prayers for those people. Maybe they've been through trauma. Maybe there's something going on at home that we don't know about something with their health. Who knows? 
I pray for them. And I know that their negative energy, first of all, cannot pierce my power within. So I always put up an energy bubble. I actually had to learn this as a coach because sometimes clients get on calls and they're sad. There's They've been through something really difficult or they're angry. And I used to, as an empathetic person, leave my calls feeling whatever energy my client had felt. So that was really awesome when my client was in a really high vibe place. And it was really terrible when my client was struggling and working through something and processing it with me. So I learned to put up an energy bubble and I literally just imagine a bubble around me and I imagine people's energy like an electric fence for a dog bouncing off. (laughs) It can't come like the dog can't get out. That's how it is. That's how it works. And because of this, I'm not afraid to be around someone who's negative. It's not my job to shift them. It's not my job to change them. It's not my job to solve their problems maybe unless they hire me, maybe if you're their manager, maybe, right? There's some sort of, maybe I can help this person. But unless you've signed up for that in some way, shape or form, it's not your job. You get to trust that your energy is magnetic, is contagious. And there's really two ways that it can go. Like attracts like, which means if you're up here and they're down here, Either they come up to you or you come down to them. Those are the only two possible outcomes. If you have put up your energetic bubble or shield and you have consciously decided that you are not going down to their level, what that means is their only choice is to rise or leave. And it creates a lot of really wonderful shifts in the workplace. And that's actually what the energy bus book that I was mentioning is about. It's about someone who comes in the room with a lot of positive energy and some team members leave. They don't want to be on his team anymore. They don't want to be around that because they're so stuck in their own stories and negative thoughts, but others learn to rise. Others try it out and realize how the team's performing better, how they're happier at work, how their marriages are better, how they're a better parent. And all of these positive things as a result of that energy. The caveat that I will say is that when you're up here and I say, don't lower your energy, it doesn't mean to not meet someone where they are. So sometimes, especially if you've quote unquote signed up for it. So for me, when I'm coaching clients, maybe it is a manager relationship or a coworker who's told you they're having a tough time and they're asking for support. You can actually hold your energy here, but speak in a way that meets them where they are. So Mm -hmm. it is very difficult for someone to go from down here to up here. This is what Abraham Hicks calls the emotional guidance scales. So at the very bottom are our lowest emotions, things like fear, desperation. In the middle are neutral emotions, things like boredom. And then at the very top are the best emotions, happiest emotions like joy, gratitude. And there is a range of emotions in between. It is very, very, very difficult to go from the very bottom to the very top. What is more realistic for how our brains and bodies work is to slowly climb the ladder. So if someone's feeling fear and desperation, maybe they can go up to anger, which is actually higher on the ladder by going from this totally desperate, I'm totally out of control of my life place to you know what? That was a really terrible thing that my boss did. And then they get to neutrality. They can accept that it happened. 
And then maybe they can climb to a little bit of hope and eventually they can get all the way up to joy. Your job, if you are again, signed up for that and helping this person is to actually meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. So if you come in with joy and they're down here with desperation, it's not going to resonate with them. It's probably gonna make them feel worse. But if you can meet them where they are and start to climb that ladder with them, and it doesn't need to happen overnight, it could take weeks for them to climb this ladder. Right. And that's actually what the energy bus is about. The, the main character, he's all the way down there. And I'll, I'll just give a little tidbit of the story. He um, has all these terrible things happen to him. Of course, that's what he's attracting. So something happens with his car. I don't remember, but he has to take this bus to work every day to get to work. And the bus driver is like the person who's up here and um, she is driving the energy bus. And every day she gives him like a little different lesson that starts to help him climb this scale of emotions. And by the end of it, he's up here. And now he's sharing that with other people. So it's, it's really beautiful. The point is that there are always going to be negative people. Again, it's not your job to solve it, but if it is a context where it feels appropriate and it is something you signed up for, that is one way to help climb it. You get to know that your power is inside and that you are naturally going to attract opportunities and just things going your way, whether it is a promotion, whether it is someone volunteering to do some of your work, or whether it is someone taking on something that maybe helps you in some way, shape, or form, things are going to happen for you because of the energy you're holding. So your job is to hold that. That's your number one job. And actually look for the evidence, watch it happen. Because the more evidence we can give our brain of, oh my gosh, when I'm in my power and when I'm thinking these thoughts that make me feel good feelings and then I take these actions, I'm so magnetic. Look at these four things that happened this week. And then once you can start to create an association with that in your brain, it will eventually become a habit. And 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. So the goal here is to actually take that thought and energy and that state of being and, and put it in your subconscious mind. So it naturally becomes who you are and you don't have to think about it and you don't have to try. It's just who you are. And you're going to get there by starting with looking at the evidence, realizing that this is actually working out for you and creating that conscious awareness to bridge that gap. Yeah. Well, so much good stuff there. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I absolutely love how you talked about kind of looking at where you want to impact the people around you. And when you talked about the book, you were saying about how, you know, when someone new comes in and they have all this energy and some people latch onto that and some people leave. And I think that the people that kind of leave that environment are the ones that just don't understand it. And I think it scares them. But I would kind of ask the listeners to consider in order to get a base a base level foundation of understanding what kind of energy you're giving out at the moment, I would ask you to consider when you go into work, what kind of conversations are you having? What kind of energy do you think you're putting out currently? And you'll be able to understand that by looking at, you know, who you're sitting with and what energy you get from them. Because everything as Jacqueline says, comes from the law of attraction. If you're constantly having conversations where, quite frankly, you're bitching about everything and wishing things would change, then they're the things that need to alter first so that you can begin to think more positively and see 
the brighter side of everything. So definitely start to try and consider how you behave now. And another thing that I love is almost looking for a bit of a role model. Is there anybody within your organization that you see that does light up a room when they walk in that, you know, everybody does try and offer to help them with things and think about the differences that you see outwardly from them that you can almost embody. Now, I know that we started off this episode by saying it does all start with the changes inside, which I do agree with. But I think that things can subtly start to change when you feel better and you feel grounded and you are embodying these positive thoughts and feelings. As Jacqueline said, when it becomes part of who you are, rather than something you're having to consciously work towards. So, so much great stuff there. So thank you so much, Jacqueline. Um, I guess final question from me then, you know, if you were going back, obviously I know that you kind of have always been doing your own businesses and you considered doing internships and corporate roles and that sort of thing. If you were to go back into an organization now where you weren't as in control of your own destiny as you are now, what would be your sort of top tips for people to help express themselves towards their management to get them towards that next step? Yeah, I think the first tip would be have clarity on what you want. I think that's really important and know that it might change. Mm. So even today, this still happens to me. I think I want one thing and then I actually experience it. I get a taste of it and I'm like, oh, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Never mind. (laughs) That's going to happen. But to start with a clear goal, to say, I would love to move to this role. I see myself on this team. I would love to get to the senior level of this position. I think that's step one because people want to help you and a confident person who's coming from their power and they're exerting where they're going, people move. People are like, it's so magnetizing. When I share goals I have, people just can't wait to help me. They tell me, I mean, this is an example, Rachel, in, in the, the most loving way. I love this example because I posted on my Instagram, I want to be on three podcasts a week. All of a sudden, people from my audience are like, come on my podcast, come on my podcast. Rachel's one of them. Amazing. All I had to do was own my power and say where I'm going. It's not an if and or but. It's not coming from a place of, am I enough? Are people actually going to want to interview me? Is what I have to say valuable? No, it's coming from a place of, of course, I'm enough. Of course, everyone who follows me wants to interview me. Of course, I'm going to have so many inquiries and I'm going to tell my audience what I'm creating. The same is true for you in your career. Instead of thinking, you know, I really want to be on that team or I really want to get this promotion, but... I don't have the experience. I'm not old enough. I have experience, but not in that specific department. Or maybe they don't want a woman or whatever ridiculous limiting beliefs are going through your head that aren't true. That's your work. Start there. What thoughts are going to get you closer to the thing you want? Maybe thoughts like, This specific experience I have actually makes me one of the best candidates for this position. Now you're like, but that's not true. BS. You can always find it. You can always find evidence. I was just having a conversation with a client. I actually work with a university 
in the US and I work with some of their students in a scholarship program. And one of the students I was talking to yesterday was telling me that he has this opportunity at this company to essentially do this like really big project for them. But he was concerned that he doesn't have the right experience. Essentially, the way I would describe it is it's a two-sided exchange. And he's been on one side, but what they're looking for is someone who's been on the other side. And I said to him, are you kidding me? You are the most qualified human being on the whole planet that they could pick out for this because you've been on the other side. It's like you've been on the customer side and now you're doing the business side. Of course, you are so qualified. And it was mind-blowing to me that his brain hadn't thought of that in the first place. Mm. But then I thought, well, no, it's logical to think he doesn't have any experience doing the thing that they're asking him to do. So clearly he thinks that he's not qualified. But the truth is we can always find the evidence if we really look. We can always dig into our strengths and the things we've done before to give our brain that confidence. So that's your work first. Have the confidence inside. Know that you are worthy, capable, and ready for the things you want now. And then tell people about it in a really genuine way, right? I would absolutely love to land a role on this team, whatever it is. So that's step one. I think that's really important. And then step two is be the version of yourself that you would be if you had that role. So we always think I'm going to feel more confident when I am a manager. I am going to take on more. I am going to bring up this idea for this employee resource group that I've been thinking about starting once I have this position of power, right? You'll never get there because who we are, remember identity, which is another way of saying thoughts really because identity creates thoughts and it's what we've been talking about the whole time. Who we are creates our actions, which creates our circumstances. Don't believe me? Think about New Year's resolutions. Why is it that so many fail? Why is it that so many say that they're going to go to the gym and in January, I don't know if you have Planet Fitness in the UK, but that's like one of the biggest gyms here in the US, $10 a month. In January, it is packed. There is not a treadmill available. You have to wait to get on the treadmill. But by March, it's like a dead zone. Yeah, nobody's there. It's so true. We have Pure Gym here in the UK and it's peaks and troughs in terms of people going, but then some of the more expensive gyms where there's a bit more of an investment, they've got skin in the game, right? So there's people that are there all year round. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, really making it clear, you know, embodying that person who would be going all the time because that's their intention and they're not even second guessing it is such a good piece of advice. Right. Because if you wake up in the morning and you are truly holding the identity, which is subconscious. You don't think I am this kind of person. It's just, it's who you are, right? That's what we've been talking about the whole time, embodying this so much to the point that it just becomes who you are. If who you are is the kind of person that goes to the gym, when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and it's cold and you're tired, you get up anyway. And you think thoughts like, I know I'm tired, but I'm going to feel really good after this workout. 
I'm excited to start my day this way. It's totally worth it. I'm glad I'm committed to the things I say I'm committed to. Like those are the kinds of thoughts you think because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And then the actions you take, you put on your clothes, you put on your sneakers, you drive to the gym and you do your workout versus the kind of person who has the identity. I'm lazy. I'm out of shape. I'm unhealthy. Who's going to wake up and think, huh, so cold. I'm so tired. Maybe I should just go tomorrow. Exactly. Maybe I should just skip today. And then they're like, I'm going to, I'll go after work. And they, they snooze their alarm. And then after work, they're like, you know, I, I have to cook dinner. I have all these other things to do. And maybe they have other priorities and other identities, right? Maybe they're a cook and that's really important to them. So of course they're going to cook their dinner and they're not going to get takeout, even though maybe if they had the identity of being someone who goes to the gym, they would have put the gym first, right? And so the point is that whatever identity you're holding at work will create everything around you. It will create your actions. So if you can step into the identity of the future version of yourself, the version of yourself, let's just say one position above where you are, whether that's a lateral move, a promotion, one step closer to where you want to be in your career, just write a list. Take 10 minutes today on your lunch break, write a list of the qualities of that person, the character traits, the things that she would do. Maybe she would speak up more in meetings. Maybe she would share her opinion more. Maybe she would come up with unique new ideas, innovative ideas for the team, right? That she's kind of thought about a little bit in the background, but hasn't had the confidence to bring forward Mm. and take all of that and be that person now, do it now. That is what's going to create the promotion. That is what's going to create everything you want. It it always does. That's just how it works. So that would be my second piece of advice that I think is really important. Thank you. I think they're great. And, you know, one thing that I want to say is the first thing that you said was about really just making your goal clear, telling people. And so many people hide their goals and keep them secret and don't tell anyone. And the thing is, you can't work out whether it is something you want or isn't something you want until, like Jacqueline says, you take action. So if you are somebody who has kept your goals private up until now and you feel as though, or maybe someone will laugh, maybe someone might laugh, but maybe five other people might take you seriously and try and help you on that journey towards success. And as we were talking about before, about insecurity and people expressing that insecurity in different ways, maybe that one person that like a 1% chance might laugh, would be laughing because they would be insecure about their own goals and dreams that they don't dare to put across. So keeping things quiet and private isn't the best way to do things. Getting them out into the universe, saying them out loud and speaking them into the existence is a great way to do it. And I love, you know, embodying the person who's got all that because it shifts the way your mind thinks. You get into that that headspace of that person that who you'll be when you get to the next level and you start to think oh I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't accept that I wouldn't let people speak to me like that and then it begs the question as to okay well if I was there and that would be you know a boundary that I would have why don't I have that boundary now what's the difference so yeah so much good stuff there I think that everybody's going to absolutely love this episode because it's been jam-packed full of so much goodness um I'm so so grateful that you've come on Jacqueline thank you so much 
I'm so, so grateful to have been here and have the opportunity to share with your incredible audience. Oh, you're welcome. So you've given us loads of little tidbits of advice for stuff that we can do moving forward. So I would just like you to recap, actually, if you can, is to give a little more information about your podcast, because I listen to it and I love it. So I know my listeners will too. Um, But also give a bit more information about where they can find you online um, and potentially how they can find you and look at how they could work with you. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. The first thing I want to say is there was a lot of information. So just take whatever resonates with you. You don't have to make all of these changes overnight. If there was one thing that stuck out, great. Try that one thing. That's always something I say because I know, especially when I was dipping my toes into this stuff, it was incredibly intimidating to listen to an episode where there were so many tips and so many things you could change and you feel like you're not enough. No, you're enough and perfect and amazing exactly as you are today. And these are areas that you get to grow in because your dream life is waiting for you and you get to have it. So just start with one step at a time. That being said, I share one step at a time on my podcast. It's called Spark Your Light, as Rachel mentioned. And my mission for the podcast is to create that spark inside your soul so that you feel excited about your life. And sometimes it's motivation. Sometimes it's action steps and tips towards achieving your goals and dreams, but it's always intended to spark that fire that's always been inside of you, but sometimes it gets a little dull and we need to throw some more sticks in and help it uh, develop a little bit more so we get a giant giant fire filled with warmth. Roaring bonfire. (laughs) That's it. That's exactly it. Yes. Imagine the roaring bonfire. I love it. So that's the podcast. And you can also find me on Instagram. I am Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, double underscore Gallo, G-A-L-L-O. And I would love to connect with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. And if you would be so kind as well, Jacqueline, to um, send me the link to the book, the energy burst, I think you said yes. it was called. That would be great. Yeah. And I can share it in the show notes for all the listeners, along with the links as to where they can find you as well, just in case they're on the move and they haven't got a pen or paper handy. So that will all be in the show notes, guys. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you do want to learn more about confidence coaching or find any of my other resources, you can visit www.rachelharrietcoaching.co.uk. And if you're not already, please do follow me on Instagram. That is at Rachel Harriet Coaching. Have a great day.